Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Danielle Brown, founder and CEO of the widely popular plant-based lifestyle brand, Healthy Girl Kitchen. The New York Times bestselling cookbook author shares easy-to-make vegan recipes across social media with her millions of devoted followers who want to learn how to eat healthier, fall in love with cooking, and the secrets to making the best plant-based meals. In this episode, Danielle shares her journey from feeling sick in college to taking matters into her own hands, transitioning with small changes to a vegan diet, and launching her blog. We talk about tips for healthy eating, transitioning to plant-based lifestyle, how she's dealing with being a new mom, her favorites for a life-changing salad, and so much more. As a fellow Integrative of New Nutrition alumni, I love Danielle's approach to wellness and her judgment-free, inspiring message for all. Keep listening to learn more. If you haven't had the chance to try our grain-free granolas yet, Head on over to Walmart to now find them in the gluten-free, healthy living aisle and select Walmart locations. Our grain-free granolas have crunchy clusters of nuts, superfood seeds, and creamy nut butters, all baked with organic coconut oil and sweetened with coconut sugar. They are gluten-free, paleo, and keto certified. Use the link in the notes section to find Purely Elizabeth products at a Walmart store near you. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. It's such a pleasure to connect with you. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I can't wait to hang out. I was just telling you that like you're literally the first healthy granola I ever bought when I first started to eat healthy, first started to be vegan. You were like my go-to granola and still are. So thank you. I'm excited to talk. Well, a perfect segue, as you said, when you just start to eat healthy. So you were not always healthy, it sounds like. So that's Wind back to your beginning and your journey when you started to eat healthy and what really made you change your diet and go on a plant-based vegan diet. You're right. I was not always healthy or I thought I was. I think the definition of healthy has changed over time. There's so many trends, but what my mom thought was maybe healthy at the time what she was giving us is not what today's mom is (laughs) feeding their kids. We didn't do quinoa. There was no like avocado toast. It was like special case cereal with berries was the healthy cereal option. And that was healthy over something like Cocoa Puffs or Tricks or something like that. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Michigan and like right outside Detroit in Farmington and grew up there my whole, I was born in New Jersey, was raised in Michigan pretty small community. I'm Jewish. I went to like Jewish private day schools my whole life. So I always, I went to schools with really, really small grades. Um, I've pretty much had the same friends my whole life, but yeah, from Michigan, I now live in Florida for anyone. Like people always like wonder, they always see me traveling to Michigan, but I live in Florida now. Uh, I just had to escape the cold. The cold is not for me. (laughs) Well, I just arrived back from Florida too. And it was a balmy, like 90 some degrees and it felt so good. It's hot in the summer. I I have to say it's not my favorite, but I would take three months of a Florida summer over seven, eight months of a Michigan winter, a cold weather. But, but yeah, I was not always vegan. I grew up eating meat, dairy, and eggs, typical like standard American family for dinner. 
every night there would be a protein, which was like chicken or fish. We didn't really eat that much red meat as a family, some kind of starch and a vegetable. My mom cooked dinner every single night. We always had family dinner. And I feel like that's kind of where my love for, you know, food and, and sharing food with everyone kind of started. And like looking back, I loved that about my mom and my family is that every single night, no matter what, like she'd say, turn off the TV, stop what you're doing. Like everyone has to come to the table and eat dinner. So I'm thankful that my mom did that. And I'm you know, excited to do that with my kids. But, but yeah, we grew up eating meat, dairy and eggs. When I was in high school, I went vegetarian, but I was definitely an unhealthy vegetarian. I basically, I mean, I still ate mac and cheese, pizza, all like the yummy things that you can eat when you still eat dairy. Um, and it wasn't until college uh, that I went vegan. So I I switched to a plant-based diet my freshman year. I went to Michigan State University and they're kind of known for their dining halls. And their dining halls are basically like mall food courts. They have everything from all you can eat pasta, all you can eat omelet stations, all you can eat. They had these make your own ice cream cookie sandwich stations. Oh my God. <laughs> it was amazing. You could pick your cookies and you could pick your ice cream flavor and make your own ice cream cookie sandwich, soft serve machines in the dining halls. I mean, they had everything and this was really fun for a semester, but I noticed I really started to feel sick after meals. I would get back to my dorm and I'd have the worst stomach ache where I felt super fatigued and would need to sleep for like three hours. And after a couple of months of doing this, I really didn't like the way I felt. And I knew that I had to eat healthier for myself because it really wasn't about a weight. It was just how I was feeling inside. And I had no idea how to get healthy. I think that's probably the number one problem for most people is they don't know where to start when they're on their health journey. And that's kind of where I was. But I knew like all the typical stuff, like I probably shouldn't be eating soft serve three times a day like I was. And I'm not exaggerating after every meal, I'd like go to the machine and make myself a cone. <laughs> and so I laid off the sugar a little bit. Was there anyone who had even like introduced the idea to you? Because I think for a lot of people, they might not even connect like I'm having brain fog or I'm tired with what they're eating and correlate that. So that that was even like a step, I feel like, in college for you to know that. You're right about that. I feel like no one's asked me that before. And it's true. I think probably the first thing someone would do is go to the doctor, tell them these symptoms and maybe they'd be prescribed a medication or they would just be told that, you know, it's normal. You're a college student and yeah. you know, you're tired because you're staying up partying and not sleeping and uh, that you're studying and all those things. But, but yeah, somehow I made the correlation that like I was gaining a little weight, but I, I also noticed that I wasn't, I knew I wasn't eating healthy. Like, you know, if you're eating ice cream three times a day and you're having like Alfredo every night at the pasta bar that like, that's not the best for you. So I wanted to make a change, slowly started making changes and I was doing it in a dorm and I really had limited resources. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a kitchen. I had a mini fridge and a microwave and I didn't have any money. So that didn't help either. But I started microwaving sweet potatoes in my dorm room. I started, you know, I go to the dining hall. And I just made the salad bar my best friend. I would make these huge salads and I would just go back a million times. And they had great, they had like chickpeas and all kinds of different seeds. And they had, they even had whole wheat pasta in my dorm, which was great. Wow. And I would just, I would ask for that at the pasta bar. I started asking for marinara sauce. I would ask them, you know, they would use some kind of mystery oil to saute all the vegetables, maybe like a corn or a canola. And I would ask them to just steam everything with water. 
And I just started making these small changes and, you know, well, I should say before I started making those small changes, I had stumbled across the idea of a plant-based diet and I watched, you know, a couple of documentaries about it. And I just, I really thought that being vegan was beyond strange. I didn't get how someone could eat meals without having, I mean, meat I got because I didn't even really love meat growing up, but like cheese, I was a big cheese gal. And I really loved, I loved fish too, loved salmon, loved getting sushi with fish in it. So I, I was just confused about how to make a meal that didn't contain animal products, but I decided to try it. And that is what led me to being creative. Again, microwaving sweet potatoes in my dorm room, I'd get those like microwave rice packets that I'd heat up. I found these like in my dorm, they sold, they were almost like chickpea. It was like vegan chana masala that you heated up in the microwave, but it somehow had like healthy ingredients. And I'd find rice in the dining hall and then mix it together. And I just, I seriously, I got really creative. And after four months of eating plant-based like this, I really didn't miss meat. I didn't miss cheese, but most importantly, I felt amazing. I used to suffer from really chronic chest pain, which was like a horrible heartburn. And my digestion was awful. I probably, this heartburn started when I was like 18 years old and lasted through freshman year of college. But when I went plant-based, that completely went away. I lost 20 pounds. Again, I wasn't trying to lose weight, but I think my body just somehow like found its balance and I had more energy than ever before. I seriously, I, I, I had to take, I'm not kidding, three hour naps a day because I was so fatigued. I was getting no energy or nutrition from my food. So I just needed to sleep so much and so much energy. My skin looked amazing. My hair looked great. And I just, I really felt like my healthiest self, but at the same time, I didn't feel deprived and I felt super satisfied with the food I was eating. And I was doing it without a kitchen and like making it work in my dorm room. And I'm like, if I can feel this great eating plant-based with limited resources, I want to teach anyone and everyone how to do this. And I didn't know exactly like what my path was going to be, but I knew I had to help people be plant-based or at least eat more plant-based meals. Like I told, I like, no, it's not uh, realistic to expect everyone to be vegan, but at least learn how to eat a couple plant-based meals a day, or maybe have a plant-based breakfast. And so, yeah, that that's how the transition happened. Well, that's such a amazing journey for you, especially being in college and getting so creative. Did you have friends or family who were plant-based or anyone around you? What were they saying to this change and how supportive were they? No, my my friends and family are not plant-based. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was definitely not plant-based. He was eating paleo at the time. So he was mainly focusing on animal foods. He was doing the opposite. <laughs> he was doing the opposite. He was having his like seven egg omelet in the morning and having meat multiple times a day. And um, when he was paleo, like, I don't know, like there's some rule, like you can't have chickpeas, you can't have like rice and random stuff like that. So we were just on complete opposites of the spec, the eating spectrum. But my friends and family were always super supportive. I think it was like maybe the older generation that asked questions like, where do you get your protein? And did you tell your doctor that you're doing this? And what about like one day when you want to have kids? Like, are you going to go back to eating meat? And, and like, are you going to, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, these are just, it was overwhelming that like all of a sudden people were so concerned. And it's funny, I was eating so unhealthy and wasn't taking my kids 
wasn't taking care of myself. And here I am eating so well, eating like salads and sweet potato and beans and like whole wheat, whole grains and all these amazing foods. And then people become concerned. Yeah, that is. That's when they were worried about me. Yeah. So, but my parents, they were always super supportive. My mom is now like, I call her like 99% plant-based because she has fish once in a while, but she is like primarily vegan. And uh, my mother-in-law is now totally plant-based. My husband is now be- like totally vegan. Uh, he's even like more intense than I am. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think I've, I've helped to influence a lot of my friends and family, which I think I always say it's much harder to change your friends and family than it is to, to help strangers. Totally. Those are the last ones usually to follow. So as you talk about influencing, so you're in college and feel this obviously amazing benefits of of your lifestyle change and want to start helping people. What were those next steps for you in eventually starting Healthy Girl Kitchen? What did you study in school? I studied psychology and I specialized with, I had a minor in health promotion. The psychology part I really just wanted to understand the human mind more. I feel like eating choices are so connected beyond just your eating choices. It's your emotional relationships. It's the stress in your life that there's so much more involved. And I, I really thought that understanding kind of the human brain a little bit more would, would help me with that. And then health promotion, I studied nutrition and kinesiology and all those things. Um, but I knew kind of about like halfway through college that I wanted to do some kind of program to like a health coaching program, or which was like really, really popular at the time. And I think still is, but, but I, I didn't really want to do the whole dietitian out. I'm like, this is like, I, I feel like a lot of dietitians end up in like a hospital setting and your dietetics training, you're often in like a hospital setting. And I just, it wasn't for me. I just felt like that wasn't the path. And I really, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more informal, if that makes sense. Like I love school. I always did well in school, but I didn't, like doing like all the dietetics hours. I'm like, I'm done after this. I just (laughs) need to be done with school. But And so much of that too, I feel like probably would have included a lot of promotion of dairy and meat and things that probably weren't aligned with you. For sure. So I never thought about going down that path. A lot of people ask me whether I became a dietitian, but I didn't. I long story short did um, IIN Institute of Integrative Nutrition Mm -hmm and became certified as a health coach. I had no idea what I was doing. I liked that they also taught you the business aspect of things. Like we were learning all about health, but then also like how to start your own practice, which still like as much as they taught you, it's like when I graduated, I still am like, okay, like now I have to start my own business. But I did and I started getting clients and I started teaching them how to eat plant-based. And at the same time, I decided to post my recipes on a blog and on Instagram and Facebook, but just for fun. I had no intention of creating a business out of it. I had no intention of monetizing a food career of any sort. I simply like when a client would say, Hey, Danielle, I really need a healthy breakfast idea. I just wanted to be able to send them be like, Hey, go check out my website or my Instagram or something. And you can find a recipe. But within a few months, my website started getting thousands and thousands of people. My Instagram started getting more followers. My Facebook page started really uh, blowing up and getting a ton of engagement. And people were just really loving my vegan recipes. And my website started to, I guess I should say it had enough people where I could then sign on with an ad company 
and then gain revenue from people coming to my blog and, and gaining money from ads. So that that was like the moment where my eyes were open to being able to make a career out of it. I'm like, wait, I can make money from people coming to my recipe blog. I'm like, I have so much fun making recipes and this is the best time. And I can't believe I can just post this and then I make money from the traffic that comes to the website. So that's kind of, that was like the first little bit of money I started making. But then like small brands started reaching out and I started doing some brand work. I mean, absolutely nothing to make a living off of. But again, it just kind of opened my eye. Like I'm talking like $20 to post something like this. I'm like $20. That's That's amazing. amazing. I I would have made these brownies either way, Mm -hmm. but it just, it really opened my eyes that you could create a career out of social media and recipe blogging. And so I decided to stop health coaching one-on-one and decided to pursue healthy girl kitchen full-time in the beginning of 2020 which is now like wow it was just 2020 it was just 2020 like when the pandemic kind of started i'm like well my wedding was canceled because of the pandemic and i'm like if i'm gonna be at home doing nothing and my wedding's canceled <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like pour everything into my business and and try to like like tiktok had just started i'm like i'm gonna try to figure out this thing i don't know what tiktok is but i'm gonna just start posting recipes on there. And then Instagram introduced reels, which was a huge shift for creators going from picture content to video content. And I should say a really challenging shift because it's so different being able to succeed in the world of video versus just taking a picture. And then my, my reel started to do really well. And I mean, I like making video content. I think it's much easier to teach someone how to make a recipe using a video tutorial instead of a picture you can I mean in 15 seconds explain to them how to make a recipe and I think it is a much more approachable way and relatable way for people to watch the video and say oh that's really not that hard so so yeah it's really it started in 2020 and and here we are and now you have almost 4 million followers or something insane in that time it's incredible but I think you're I think you're so right I think particularly what you're doing is making plant-based vegan food so approachable, so delicious, so like creative. I mean, I feel like when I look at your salads, for example, it's just like, oh, that's such a great idea. It's so creative. Let me add in all the good things, which is what I love about what you're doing too. It's not just, you know, here's a couple of ingredients, but you're adding in all the good things. And you see that it's simple. I can do this in five minutes and I just need to have the ingredients on hand. I'm curious to hear what your first or like first couple of reels or TikToks were that really went viral and and started to snowball for you. It was a couple of them. So on TikTok, I really wanted to create like this safe space, like a very community aspect to Healthy Girl Kitchen. I wanted people to feel like when they came to my page or when they watched my videos or when they follow me, subscribe, however they're interacting with my content, I wanted them to feel like they weren't judged in any kind of way. I had followed a lot of vegan creators that unfortunately were super judgmental of anyone who wasn't vegan. And their main goal was to convert people to veganism. And again, well, that would be like my dream if everyone, you know, went vegan, especially like, you know, I'm an ethical vegan as well. You know, people, you can do what you want, do what you want with your health. But in terms of like, animal cruelty and all that. Like, yeah, like I would love for everyone to save the animals and not eat them. 
But again, it's not realistic. So I wanted people to know that when they came to my page, I'm not judging them, like whether they're vegan, whether they're not, whether they just do a meatless Monday, whether they're eating plant-based 50% of the time, I don't care. I'm just here to show you and inspire you to make easy plant-based recipes and like show you how to make tofu taste good, show you how to turn chickpeas into brownies, those kinds of things. And so I made a couple of videos just kind of sharing that message and saying, Hey, I'm Danielle, like I'm a non-judgmental vegan and here are a ton of like free recipes that, you know, I'm here to inspire you with and healthy kitchen tips and meal ideas and uh, wellness advice. And those really blew up. People really resonated with that because no one wants to be judged. No one wants to feel forced into any kind of lifestyle. So anyone who had maybe uh, been thinking about giving up meat, thinking about being vegan, vegetarian, this was a way to introduce them in a very gentle way. And I think they felt that it was like a safe space to do so. So that, that on TikTok really blew up first. And then on Instagram, it was my life-changing salad series, which I mean, that did really well. Which are life-changing. Yeah, they are life-changing. Yeah, it was my life-changing salad series that really like blew up my following. I think, I think the message behind that blowing up is just people want easy recipes. Like it's, there are so many beautiful food accounts on Instagram, but a lot of the food that's posted, like it's beautiful, but it's super complicated. Like no one has time for a lot of it. And I'm, I'll, I'll never call myself a chef. I love to cook. I love to be in the kitchen, but I'm also busy. I don't have a ton of time. It does just because I like to cook doesn't mean I want to be cooking all day. I, I like to cook, but I also really like to eat. So like, I want to cook something quickly and I want to eat something that tastes really good. So I think that these salads kind of showed people that you could make really, really easy meals that taste great. And also that salads don't have to be boring or just have like lettuce and tomato. Like I post like quinoa salads and pasta salads and tortellini salads and fruit salads and everything in between. And I just think that it inspired people to not only eat healthier, but it showed them that they can make filling healthy meals that, you know, taste good too. And I have to say a lot of the life-changing salads can go in the fridge and they stay good for up to four days. So I encourage in all the videos, make a big batch for the beginning of the week. Like for example, one of the quinoa salads, make a big batch of that. And then you can eat it for four lunches. And so you make it once and then it stays good in the fridge and stays tasting fresh. And I think, I think people really like that too. Yeah. I think there's so many good nuggets of helpful tips there in getting people to a cook for themselves, B like add in better ingredients and be healthy, doing it fast and easy. As we're talking about your life-changing salads for anyone who doesn't know what they those look like, what tips do you have for just creating like such amazingly delicious salads? Okay. First you need your favorite lettuce. I think lettuce is a very like personal thing. So pick your favorite. I love a mix. I think a mix does the best, like a kale mixed with a romaine, just so you have like the hardiness of a kale, but the crunch of the romaine. And then a couple of your favorite vegetables and then different textures. And like, I would add a crunch of some kind. So maybe a nut, a seed, some kind of crouton or a tortilla chip. Like you got to have the crunch in there. Some other kind of texture that's maybe soft, like a roasted sweet potato, I think is amazing in a salad some kind of grain, like make them hearty and fill them up. 
Um, I love a quinoa. I love doing brown rice. And then I think the best part's the dressing. You could have like the most amazing ingredients. And then like, if you have no dressing, then your salad isn't fun. I am a huge dressing girl. I like my salad probably like overdressed. I like, I don't know about you, but when I go to a restaurant, I'm like, I need an extra side of dressing because it's never enough. So I would say just having a really good dressing. And I think my favorite, favorite dressing lately is probably doing just like pesto. And I just always keep pesto on Mm -hmm. hand because it can go on pasta. It can go on a salad. It can go on a bowl. You can saute tofu and add it to it. Like if you have pesto on hand, you can freeze it too. You can freeze it. That's a good tip. And it can just really go on anything I have in my cookbook, the healthy girl kitchen cookbook. I have like my go-to dairy-free pesto recipe. I think a lot of people love pesto, but they want a dairy-free version. So this is like really, I mean, I think it's the best pesto. I use nutritional yeast instead of cheese and it just makes, makes a really good pesto. Since the beginning, Purely Elizabeth has been committed to the healing power of food. We believe there's a direct connection between the health of our farms and soil and the health of our food. That is why I'm so excited to announce our newest product launching. Our number one selling original ancient grain granola is now available in an 18 ounce value size made with regenerative organic certified coconut oil and coconut sugar. For those who are not familiar with regenerative agriculture, it focuses on improving soil health, which is known to help improve crop yields, biodiversity, carbon emissions, and water conservation. You can find our value size at your local Whole Foods market or on our website at purelyelizabeth.com. If you're interested in learning more about our sustainability journey and how it impacts the delicious food you enjoy, please visit purelyelizabeth.com journey. Enjoy. I just tried Barnana's bite size. I don't know what they're calling them. Those bite chips. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I feel like those would be so good in the salad. Those would be really good. Good flavors. I've been wanting to, I was eating popcorn the other day and I'm like, maybe, I'm like, I don't know, like maybe popcorn would make a good, good crouton, but then I also don't know if the dressing would like make it too soft. It was an idea. We'll see. You got to try it. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we're talking about tips, I'd love to hear, especially with your IAN experience and how, you know, you're working with clients. So as you think about, I'm sure everybody asks you like, what tips do you have for people going vegan? But I think it's more so than that. And just really how to make change. And we kind of talked about having people, are there people in your life being supportive or like, what are those tips that are really helpful that you find, whether it's working with clients or just people who have asked you? I think the number one thing is like, take things slow, but also to meet yourself where you are. So you could have Maggie, let's just say a fake person, Maggie. (laughs) She goes to McDonald's three times a day. She has a busy life, but you know, all she can really do is fast food or she thinks all she can really do is fast food. She doesn't know how to cook. She has a super busy job and that's what she's doing. Then on the other hand, you could have Bob and he's having, you know, maybe he's mainly vegetarian, but he wants to be vegan and he has, you know, a salmon salad for lunch and for dinner, he's having like, you know, maybe a little cheese on his pasta, but he's like eating, you know, he's cooking and he has more of a healthy lifestyle. I think, you know, you have to evaluate where you are in your life because no one's going to have the same starting point. 
So maybe it would be easier for Bob to just, you know, quickly transition to be vegan, you know, taking that cheese off his pasta and adding a vegan one. And, you know, instead of salmon on his salad at lunch, he's doing a grilled tofu. But then when you have Maggie, who's eating fast food three times a day, the changes are going to have to be a little slower because when you just tell her to just be fully vegan, it's like, whoa, like she has a lot of work to do and that could be really overwhelming. So I would say that was a general rule of thumb, just start with breakfast and have a vegan breakfast every single day or a plant-based breakfast or even just a health, like a health conscious breakfast, if you're not even ready to, to make that jump, but do an avocado toast, learn how to make a smoothie, look up, Google a chia pudding recipe or learn how to make overnight oats. Like I think overnight oats are some of the best things that you can have for breakfast because you make it the night before and it's ready in the morning and you don't have to do anything when you wake up. It's just already there. So I would say start with breakfast. And then once you conquer breakfast and feel confident about that, then you can move on to the next thing. But I would just say, start with one meal a day. Love that. What's your favorite protein powder? Ooh, uh, I, I, you try a bunch of them. I always have like six of them in my house yeah, and I like rotate between them. But in general, I like doing like a chocolate or vanilla. I don't know. I, I genuinely have like seven on hand at one time. So, which I think is good to change it up. I, I literally have a million of them and I just like, but I, I would say like in terms of protein, I would just make sure that it doesn't have any weird ingredients. Do you have a preference of like pea or soy or? The source of protein. I just like to make sure that it's not like an isolate. So if it's soy, that it's just like a soy protein. It's not soy protein isolate. Um, but I really, I've been liking, there's this brand Wellius where they have an almond protein. Oh, interesting. It's really good. It's, it has four ingredients in the whole protein powder. And, and yeah, it's made from almond protein. It's super yummy. Yeah. All right. One other specific question, favorite tofu brand or type of tofu to look for? Okay. I have this new favorite tofu. I think the brand is Big Mountain Foods. Shout out to them. Not sponsored or anything. I wish they would sponsor me. I love them, but they have a soy-free tofu. Oh, I don't avoid soy, but it just tastes so good. I think I actually like it better than regular tofu now. I've been eating it almost every day. It's made from fava beans. And yeah, so look out for it. I get it at Sprouts. Um, but look it up. The brand's Big Mountain Foods. I don't know if you want to like put that in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's delicious. And it has, I think, more protein than regular tofu. I think it digests a little bit better for me as well. I don't know if that's like the soy or something, but it's delicious. It gets crispier than regular tofu. And it doesn't, I think the biggest difference, it doesn't have like the squeakiness that tofu has. That's a great tip. I just had Dr. Lee on the podcast. Anyway, he had, he just had a book come out, Eat to Beat Your Diet, and had 150 foods to heal your gut and help with inflammation and fat burning and metabolism, et cetera. But he's a big proponent of soy, which I was really excited to hear his perspective on soy because I feel like it's gotten such a bad reputation over the last it many, does. many years. And so it was really refreshing that, you know, he was like, no, soy is really great for you. And there's like nothing to fear from soy. So I'm assuming that's your perspective on soy as well. A hundred percent. And in my cookbook, because that is the number one, one of the number one questions I get is, Hey, like I want to make your recipes, but my doctor told me not to eat soy because of hormones or this or cancer. And so I wrote a whole section in my book about soy and explaining that 
it's really not the devil and it's not the enemy. It actually has so many health benefits. It actually prevents breast cancer. It helps to prevent uh, prostate cancer. And I explain the best ways to consume soy, for example, having whole forms of soy or less processed. So like tofu, edamame, um, soy milk versus having like a fake vegan meat that's gone through like a lot of processing and it's using a soy protein, like a GMO soy protein isolate. Like that's very different than eating edamame or having the whole soybean. So I'm a huge, huge soy fan. I eat tofu all the time. Love edamame when I go out to sushi, um, love it as a high protein snack. So I would say, you know, educate yourself definitely on, on soy if you're someone who's scared of it or has maybe heard some wellness noise that isn't accurate because it's such a great addition to your diet. So let's talk about your cookbook, which congratulations on becoming New York Times bestselling author, which thank you. How exciting was that when you found out? It's honestly surreal. <laughs> I, what was, how do you find out also? So the New York Times, I think it comes out every Thursday. And so my publisher, like the publishers kind of find out a little bit in advance. So my publisher was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to talk to you Wednesday night. Let's schedule a call for 630 because we'll be able to tell you the news in advance. And they're like, hopefully it's good news. And if it's not, then like, we'll be on a call with you and we can like console you and whatever. (laughs) But um, so they they had a zoom call with me at six 30 and told me that I made the list and it, it was actually like published that night. Um, usually it comes on Thursday, but then I could look it up and I saw that it was on the list for that week and seriously never would have thought, I mean, again, like I, I didn't in, intend to monetize this business. Like I love cooking. I would literally do it for free. I love what I do. I love like the creative work in in social content creation. And I love creating recipes and cooking. And I seriously loved creating my book. And I just feel like it's such an honor that, you know, they felt my book was worthy. So it's amazing. Yeah. Very humbling. I have to say. Well, I'd love to hear a little behind the scenes of a, your content creation, but then content creation layered in with writing the cookbook and how you do and did all of that. Like walk us through a little bit of scheduling, shooting. Do you eat everything that you make? All those fun things. It was a lot, but I made it really structured so that I could get it done. I'm someone that I get overwhelmed easily. I procrastinate things that overwhelm me. I knew that I needed to be very organized about how I did this. And so, and they gave me a very short time frame to write all the recipes. Like I probably had three to four months to, oh write my the God. Whole, to write the whole book. Yeah. And do all the pictures. And we did all, and my husband did all the photography. That is fast. It was fast, but I think being someone who procrastinates things, it was better for me because I think I probably would have procrastinated it right. the last three months of having to do it anyway. So having, <laughs> <laughs> so they knew better. <laughs> yeah. So having that short time frame was really great. So Basically, what I did was I had certain days designated to making my reels and social content. And then I had other days dedicated to doing my cookbook recipes. I think what I would, yeah, I think Mondays was, we would batch. So we'd do Monday and then film like a bunch of videos for the week for social. And then the rest of the days of the week would go towards uh, cookbook shooting. And that would look like, well, we 
converted our office at home into a food photography studio so that we could cook everything here. Once the dish was done, we'd run it over to the food photography studio and take the picture. It didn't make sense to me to hire it out just because if I was already making the recipe and like making it look great, it would just be a shame to like not take the picture. I just felt like it was very productive. You know, my husband, thankfully, is a great photographer and really talented. And so I'm like, let's just use our in-house resources and and kind of kill two birds with one stone. So I developed the recipes, make them here. I would style them and then my husband would take the pictures. And that was just pretty much five days a week for three or four months. So we just kind of banged it out. But um, that was the schedule. I think the hardest part about making social content and doing the cookbook at the same time was that I had over 100 recipes in the cookbook and most like 90% of them being new. I'm like, how am I going to still come up with ideas for social media that don't you know, overlap with my new cookbook recipe. So I really had to get creative and think of things that I wasn't putting in the book. Um, but, but it worked. I definitely like being a new mom now. I don't know. Like I would love, I'm hopefully going to do a second book at some point, but I, I'm kind of glad I like didn't have to get at that (laughs) point because it was a lot. And I definitely would need to like hire a nanny or something because it was a lot of work. Yeah, that sounds super intense. So as you think about that was what I was trying to wrap my head around of like doing all the cookbook and the content at the same time. How do you or where do you draw your like creative inspiration from? I should say also before I answer that is I have an amazing assistant. Her name's Taylor. I couldn't do any of this without her. She grocery shops for me. She helps me clean up. She helps me come up with ideas. She, you know, helps me cook. So we would kind of tag team the cooking and then you know, she would prep the next recipe while we were taking pictures. So I have to say, like, it's not like I was alone in the kitchen. I had someone helping me, which I think is important to note. And anyone who's thinking of writing a cookbook or doing that, you definitely need another set of hands. And having someone grocery shop for you is like really the biggest game changer. Yeah, I wouldn't get anything done if I was doing all the things by myself. So I have to shout her out. Oh, and you also asked me if we eat all the food that we made. We tried anything I couldn't eat would go to like my in-laws who actually live in my building. They oh, would go. To- they must've been so happy. Oh, they were so happy every day. I'm like to my father-in-law, I'm like, do you want a California girl veggie sandwich for lunch? He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, they he were probably it. then asking you like, what's on the menu today? What can we anticipate? <laughs> Literally. He's like, I was so sad when you were done doing the cookbook. He's like, I had all my meals every day prepped out for me. But yeah, I'd literally like the maintenance guys in the building would come like fix something in the apartment. I'm like, do you want a muffin? I'm like, I have 12, uh, 12 jars of this like hummus that I tested out. I'm like, do you want some? <laughs> so I would, I was giving people food left and right, but I really, I really tried not to waste anything and like anything else. Like we would just eat ourselves. And the thing about a lot of the food is that like it had to be eaten fresh uh, because we'd put the dressing on things for picture purposes. So we kind of like had to eat things that day. So we definitely, we tried our best to eat everything that we made, which was really important to me. I did not want to be wasting food. What's your favorite recipe in the cookbook? Such a tough question. Well, I shouldn't say it's my favorite, but then one of the number one recipes I recommended people to make are the vegan crab cakes in the book because they're really easy and they really taste like crab cakes. And they're like, 
they're just an easy dinner and an easy, also a really easy thing. If you have people coming over and you have no clue what to make, they're really, really good. And, yeah. but honestly, like all, all the pasta dishes in the book are really good. I think like pasta recipes or next to salads are my favorite recipes to make. There's an amazing, like creamy red pepper pasta that is so yummy. And I recommend that to people too. What about favorite meals in the book or not in the book that you recommend that if you're like, okay, here is one set day of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you had to win somebody over to a plant-based vegan diet. That's so hard. I feel like it depends on the person, but for breakfast in my book, I have an apple pie baked oatmeal. That's insane. Oh my God. Yeah. It tastes like an apple pie. So I'd probably make that for them. For lunch, I would probably do my vegan egg salad sandwich. Um, I had I filmed a video with Daphne Oz and I made her my vegan egg salad and she's not vegan and she's like she's a literal chef. I mean, she's like a judge on yeah, Master Chef Junior. Like she's like major food gal. And so I was like so nervous to make this egg salad for her, but she's like, she had one portion. She's like, can I have more? I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. You loved it. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. yeah. She's like, this is so good. So definitely my vegan egg salad. And for dinner, I would do probably, like I said, like the crab cakes are amazing, but I also, I have a really good shepherd's pie recipe in the book. That's just like, I feel like if someone is like a meat and potatoes kind of person, it's very satisfying and hearty. Maybe I would make that or one of the pasta dishes. I also have a really good like baked mac and cheese in the book that yeah. I think everyone loves. And then for dessert, because you can't forget dessert, I would probably make them um, my famous brownies, which are made with chickpeas. Sounds so good. So good. So we're going to circle back to the beginning of the conversation when we first were talking about health, which is not just what we're eating, but all the other things in our life and IIN language, some of our primary food. But I'm curious to hear now for you, as you uh, are also now a new mom, how you think about your health and wellness today and what you do in your life to feel your best self. Oh my God. Well, I have to say, like, I really give so much credit to moms because you really have a limited amount of time to take care of yourself because all of your focus is on your kids slash kids and their needs and changing their diaper and, you know, taking care of them when they're crying and when they're hungry and you're kind of like the last person on the list, but it shouldn't be that way. I really like my husband's been really great. So I'd say like lean on, you know, your partner, if you can, if you can, you know, hire someone, even if you could hire someone for like an hour a day to watch your kid. And so you could get like some self-care things done and like prep meals for yourself. Um, or even like while they're napping or something, like take advantage of one nap and do some meal prep. But, um, in terms of wellness, I like the things, cause I definitely have not been able to do everything that I used to do, but the things that have stayed consistent for me that are like non-negotiables are, definitely just eating healthy in general. Like it's not like, because now I'm a mom, I'm like getting fast food and like take out every second. Like I really like try to be great about my meals. Like I'm not getting workouts in, you know, I'm, I'm doing some walks, but I'm not, I, I'm like transparent. Like I'm not 
getting workouts in. I barely have time to shower in a day with a new baby. So working out is not happening right now. It'll happen eventually, but that's okay. But having healthy meals is really, really important to me. So if I can take five minutes and make a smoothie, because I'm finding smoothies are like the easiest thing to make. I don't have to cook anything. I don't have to chop anything. No sauteing involved. So fast. Yeah. So fast. Do that pretty much every single morning. Or I find like, again, overnight oats, such an easy breakfast. And whether I sometimes will buy them if I don't have time, um, like Trader Joe's has overnight oats just ready to go. A bunch of grocery stores have like the mush. I'll do that. But most of the time I make my own and it's just like, it's ready to go in the morning and I don't need to make anything. And then for lunch, I think I've come to this conclusion that wraps are the easiest lunch next to meal prepped salads that I make. So I have like my meal prep salads that I'll take like, you know, some time I'll just make like one or two or three for the beginning of the week, but wraps, you don't need to cook anything. Everything's already ready. So I'll just get like a whole grain, like a sprouted whole grain wrap. Like I've recently found this vegan turkey that's like really healthy by me. I think it's like a, it's either pea protein or like a seitan, but it's like super clean ingredients, like no additives. So I'll do this like plant-based turkey, pesto, a green, a tomato, avocado. It's literally five minutes. I don't need to cook anything and I can just throw it together while the baby's like on his play mat or something. And that's like been the best. And then for dinner, I've been loving doing like a pasta bowl. So again, pasta, boil it for five, 10 minutes. I'll throw in spinach. And like, while that, like I'll literally drain the pasta, then put it on the spinach. So it wilts. add a jarred marinara sauce and like have some sauteed tofu on the side. And it's like a 10 minute dinner. That's super easy. So I've really, really tried to stay consistent with my meals and eating healthy. And then I think the only other thing that I'm like really trying to stay consistent with, with my wellness is like, getting outside a little bit every day, even if it's just for five minutes. Um, But also to me, this is part of my wellness. It's not like eating or anything, but doing my skincare routine every morning and every night. Like that's a piece of me that I can't lose. I love doing my skincare routine. And it's like my three to five minutes of self-care that I just feel really good. I know if I lost my skincare routine, I just like everything would be thrown out. (laughs) Yeah. It is kind of meditative too. Totally. And even though I have to do things much faster now and like rub on my moisturizer really quickly. Like I have to do my skincare morning and night. And that just makes me feel like me. I love that. Well, I also think that, you know, as I started saying that wellness or feeling your healthiest self, isn't just about food. It's other things in your life. Oh yeah. But at the same time, like it really does start with food. And if your food piece isn't there, I think the rest of it just falls right? So it's really that foundation that's so critical. So it's great hearing that like, that obviously is non-negotiable for you. Totally. All right. We're going to move into some rapid fire Q&A. Top ingredients to always have on hand for a healthy meal. I would say some kind of like whole grain, but I would say doing like a frozen rice like I love the frozen rice from Trader Joe's and you just like microwave it for three minutes because it's so fast and um tofu and I would say greens because that's what I'll do pretty often so like the greens that are pre-washed and pre-cut like a, a baby spinach out of the bag I'll throw in a bowl saute tofu for five minutes 
Um, and then I'll just drizzle like a pesto over top and it takes two seconds. And, oh, I should say also canned chickpeas because that can also be added to that bowl. Um, just like rinsed off. They're already cooked. Like I, again, like I'm usually all about easy, but now I'm like really all about easy. (laughs) So anything that's like pre-washed, pre-cut, especially greens, like I really don't have the extra 15 minutes to like cut and put my lettuce in a lettuce washer and too much. Yeah. It's just too much, but yeah, I would say canned beans, tofu, pre-washed greens, and then like some kind of like sauce on hand always. Oh, and I would say frozen fruit too. So you can make like quick, easy smoothies. Favorite kitchen tool. I would say having a great blender because you can make smoothies in the morning. You can make sauces, soups. I love my Vitamix. It's my favorite, the best blender. I got it when I was in college, spent like all my money on this thing, but I've had it since then. It's lasted me like a really long time. I've had mine since I went to IAN, which was 2007. So that's a pretty long lasting blender. (laughs) I'm telling you the Vitamix lasts forever. So I would say invest in a great blender. Favorite business moment so far? I would say definitely making New York Times. A favorite book or podcast for growth? Oh, that's such a good one. I love Jay Shetty's book. I think it's called Think Like a Monk. I think that's a great book to do like self-reflection, learn about meditation, to kind of learn about like the deeper meaning of life and like what really matters to you and, you know, really like prioritize yourself and like positive relationships. I think that's a great book. And honestly, like I didn't like read it all the way through. I'd like read a chapter here and there. I'd like skip around. It just has some really good gems in it. And in terms of a podcast, I really love the skinny confidential podcast. I think I love like the interview every kind of guest in person under the sun. Like there really isn't like one type of niche that they go for. It's like one week there's a skincare expert and one week there's an expert on like clean wines. And one week there's someone like they just posted one from like, I think it's the founder or the CEO of like the environmental working group and talked about like toxins in your products. Like I always learn so much from that podcast. Three random things that you're currently loving could be product, TV show, et cetera. Okay. Three random things. This is like super niche, but So I'm breastfeeding. So this would just be for anyone who's breastfeeding right now. I, I have a lot of milk, a lot, a lot of milk. And when you breastfeed on one side, the milk starts to come out on the other side and you have this letdown. So there's this thing called the Hakka ladybug that you attach to your boob and it catches all of your milk letdown. And then you can like make, if you have enough, you can save it and make a bottle out of it. So you don't even need to pump the other side. It just kind of catches. And I literally, I told my husband, I'm like, I've been using this thing 12 times a day. It's like my most used product right now. I have to like tell everyone about it. It's <laughs> not using it. So that's like a really niche thing, but it seriously has been a lifesaver because otherwise you just leak all over the place. I also am loving, I just got a new coffee maker. It's called a Terra Cafe and it makes amazing lattes, cappuccinos. I was going to Starbucks every single day. I mean, it's like embarrassing to spend that kind of money on coffee, but I was. <laughs> and I was I would get my soy latte and we we're like, okay, we can't keep spending like this money on a coffee every day, so we got this machine. They do have a good soy latte though. They have the best soy latte. But now I can make really even better soy lattes at home. Again, it's called Terra Cafe. And in the end, like, it's just worth it because you don't need to go buy your coffee anymore. You can just make it at home. And then the third thing I'm loving, I'm kind of torn, but I should say I have this 
this isn't like food related at all, but it's a barefoot dreams robe and it's the comfiest thing in the world. If you just want to like invest in a great robe and like have something for self-care laying around, it's the comfiest, coziest thing ever. Love that. If you could only pick one, what would your one signature dish be? Oh my God, that's a hard one. I would say I have a really good lasagna, a really, really good vegan lasagna. That's just amazing. So during my, I had a lifestyle shoot for my cookbook where we shot the cover and shot, like anytime you see a picture of me in the cookbook, that was from my lifestyle shoot. And we made a couple of my recipes during this shoot. And one of them was the lasagna. And um, of course, when we were done, the whole crew who was there, like the videographer and photographer, like everyone who was there, uh, the stylist, they were starving. And I'm like, you, you guys can eat the lasagna. And they, they ate it and they're like, oh, like, they're like, I thought this was a vegan cookbook. I'm like, it is. They're like, but then what's the cheese in here? I'm like, well, it's, it's tofu. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I made the ricotta out of tofu. And they're like, this is the best lasagna like ever, like being vegan aside, they're like, we would have no clue that this was vegan. So I think for me, that was like a big moment. Cause usually, you know, I'm cooking for my husband, maybe my in-laws and like, you know, they're always like nice to my recipes, but when you have like people who aren't vegan, yeah. who you're cooking for, and if they were like totally unbiased about it, that made me feel pretty good. And I'm like, I have a pretty damn good lasagna. And that's in, that's in the cookbook too. That's awesome. Any favorite food trends that you're loving right now? I would say, I feel like they're, oh, or not liking. Okay. Well, I'm still, the jury's still out about the whole CMOS thing. I feel like I keep seeing that everywhere. Yeah. I want to try it, but it just like, doesn't really sound fun to me. Well, have you tried it? I have some in my okay. fridge and I used it once. So no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there are just these like random things. Like, I feel like I'm not really like I feel like I'm never really like doing a food trend. I'm always like pretty consistent in what I'm doing. I would say though, instead of trends, every time I go to the grocery store, I try to find like a new snack or something I've never seen or even like a new like vegan meat or a new, um, again, like a new snack. I'm always picking up new stuff to try. Um, And again, that's how I found the soy-free tofu because I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. It was in like this cute hot pink package. Like I got to try this and now it's my favorite tofu. But I think like probably the most consistent wellness trend that's like been around for a while is like, I love a green juice. Yeah. Love a green juice. Anytime I need like a pick me up, I can't have caffeine. It makes me sick. So anytime I need like a little more energy or if I'm traveling or feel like fatigued or I just need a little boost, I really do love a green juice. I think it does wonders. Love that. All right. And last one, what's your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? I would say, I would say setting up your space for success. And that, uh, that could be different for different people, but I would say overall, just make sure that your place is organized, meaning that your kitchen's organized. If you have like stuff that's expired stuff, you're not eating stuff you don't like stuff you want to do, like clean out your fridge, your pantry, make sure it's all fresh with healthy food. And I would say set yourself up for success at the grocery store too. So have like a day of the week, you go to the store, two days a week, you go to the store make a list in advance. I wouldn't just like aimlessly roam around the store. If you're someone who is like struggling on your wellness journey a little bit or struggling on your healthy eating journey, So whether that's finding recipes, 
for the week and, you know, writing out those ingredients and shopping exactly for those ingredients or having like meal ideas, like have some kind of concrete list of what you're going to buy. Because if you're buying random things, you're just going to sit in your fridge because you don't know how to pair them together. So make sure you have some kind of inspiration of like the meals and recipes you're going to make for the week when you go to the store. And, you know, if you're organized and then you have fresh food every week that you're putting in your fridge and your pantry, I think that's really the best thing you can do because your home is, you know, it's your environment. So, and your environment's either going to make or break you. So I would just say you really like set yourself up for success in that way. Those are such good tips. Danielle, in closing, what's next for you? That's a good question. I raising my son and I think just like trying to find a work-life balance is going to be next, which I think is probably the struggle for a lot of of people in general, not just ones who have kids, but um, trying to figure out how to balance my personal life and having a family and also like running my business. But um, if you, if you don't already have the healthy girl kitchen cookbook, make sure you get the book. I'm hoping in a second book is sometime soon in the future. Got to get working on that. Yeah. Three Um, months. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. But, but yeah, and just kind of, you know, I've been on like a, a bit of a maternity leave. So next would be just like kind of making my way back into, into the working world. I have a ton of batch content, which is what's been going out, but yeah, that's, that's it for me. Awesome. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was so great to connect. I know. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.